acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by... I'm going too far, aren't I? Amen. I went too far. That's the bad thing about being a pastor. You don't know when to stop. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Last week we was talking about that uh, living sacrifice. Amen. We was talking about a sacrifice that had to be alive. He couldn't be dead. We realized that Isaac was alive when Abraham led him up on Mount Moriah. He says, Father, here is the wood and here is the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, Son, Dad, uh, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Amen. And so we must be alive. And we talked last week about the importance. Jesus says, I am come, John 10, that you might have life. Amen. And so therefore, as a living sacrifice, we have got to be alive. Amen. And the more of God's word we study, we found out that Romans, I mean, uh, 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the more of God's word we hear, the more we're involved in the things of God, the more alive we're going to be. Amen. We don't want to be dead. We're lively stones. We're living stones, Peter says. And we are built upon uh, the foundation to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. So we've got to be alive in this thing. As Christians, God says, I give you power. Amen. And so, uh, you know, and, and the thing you've got to realize, and like Saturday when I was here, you know, I think I might have introduced some of you to the colonel that came all the way from Indianapolis Saturday for the party. You know, I hadn't seen him. He was my boss before I got saved in the Army. And they drove all the way from Indianapolis to be here for that. And we hadn't seen each other in, and since 2000 and, and uh, since, no, 89, right, when we left Germany. And so we hadn't, no, 2001 when we was on deputation in Indianapolis. So, and so we hadn't seen, but when he was invited, he said to, says, I told my wife, I've got to go. I just got to go. Because he was my boss when I got saved. I went, to, went from work on Friday afternoon, and I was the devil. And I came back in on Monday, and I was telling them about, you know, you need to be born again. <laughs> and so our office just became a Bible study thing all the time. A lot of times he would tell us we need to get back to work because we'd be over there talking about God. And he says, no, you guys need to be working, you know, and stuff. So, but it was good to see him. Amen. But that's the way it should be. That, that experience that you felt and experienced when you first got the Holy Ghost is supposed to always be with you. Amen. This is what David says, Even in the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Knowing that God is with us should cause us to be alive continually. Amen. And this walk with God. So we're talking about being that sacrifice. Amen. Uh, if you look on your papers, I think uh, I want to go to, we're talking about uh, be tonight. It must be holy. Amen. The sacrifice must be set apart for the master's use and purpose. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 6, Moses writing here in the Pentateuch, amen, he says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, and there in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for a lamb, then let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. 
Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. What was the four unique is about the fourteenth? What's unique about the fourteenth? Mm-hmm. 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 Huh? <laughs> I was on Jeffrey. <laughs> okay. What was the 14? What was unique about the 14? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Day of Atonement. <laughs> you know, it's Day of Atonement. So, so when you look at this, now, if, if you follow through with, uh, if you read the book that according to the pattern, and there's a thing there about the, uh, the purpose of the number 40, when you begin to look at the number 40, you know, 10 divided, 40 divided by 10 is how much? Okay, 4, right? So, 4 is one of those even numbers that will go into 40 equal time. And so we have the four Gospels, you know, the altar was to be four square, you know. So so if I was a betting man, I would think they probably took Jesus on the 10th day and crucified him on the 14th, you know, uh, day, you know, because when you follow through scriptures, you begin to see how... It, the pattern falls out a little bit there. They, you know, they come into the garden. They do the Last Supper. They go out into the garden. Uh, they, you know, pray. Jesus prays. They arrest him in the garden. They lead him to the Sanhedrin's, uh, the Pharisees, this council. Uh, they, they accuse him of wrongdoing. They lead him to Pilate. From Pilate, they lead him to Herod. Herod back to Pilate. Pilate scorned Jesus, you know, put him in... You know, this, the thing brings him out. They lead him up Galgotha, and they crucify him at when? Which would be 3 o'clock in the evening, right? That he was, you know, notice the lamb was to be sacrificed or killed in the evening. You know, and when you look at Genesis, the evening and the morning was always... First day, the day always begin in the evening, you know. So the evening and the morning was the first day when you look at scripture. So, so it's all patterns and, and types and shadows of things that leads us to Christ here. So we have to look at some of these things a little bit more objectively and, and stuff when we we're looking at it. Amen. So with that all in mind, now we move forward. So the Lamb was to be set apart. It was to be set apart for what? The master's use. Okay. And so when we look at this and we begin to talk about this, amen, uh, we know that the writings is, is designed uh, to teach us, to show us. We are now Christians, and so therefore we have to learn to be doers of God's words and have an understanding 
of God's word, amen, in order to understand what is going on throughout the scriptures, amen. We talked about the priesthood was sanctified. They were set apart for the master's use. When God chose Aaron and the Levites, amen, they were to be set apart. And Aaron's garments was to have written on the breastplate what? Holiness to the Lord, okay? Holiness to the Lord. Now, when we become newborn again Christians, amen, we are called to be priests. We are the priests of this temple. We are the ones that's responsible for controlling what happens in this body. We are to build this thing. Amen. We start from scratch. We begin to build again. The foundation has become laid. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 11, for other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid is Jesus Christ. And we have to take care. He says that you be careful what you build on it. So uh, the holiness here is how we begin to build this life and we are becoming set apart for the master's use. Amen. So, so many people in churches today seem to be getting further away from teaching holiness before fear of losing people. Because people for so long has felt that holiness was all about outward of what you wear. Well, holiness is not about what you wear. Holiness is who you are. And who you are is what you wear, <laughs> okay? You know, the character of God is in us now. The love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering. Uh, these things is we must learn how to operate in these things and walk in the Spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is why when you look under the Old Testament law, you find that the priest could not even touch certain people or dead people or dead things because he would become defiled. Amen. And this is why when you read Jude, if you go to Jude verse 22 and 23, Jude 22, 23, Jude says, oh, some have compassion, make a difference, others do what? Pull them out of fire, hating what? Even their garments spotted by the flesh. You see, if you allow your flesh to control you and lead you, you're going to become tainted and, and, and not fit for the master's use. This is why Paul begins in Romans 8. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to who them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because the flesh is what? Enmity or carnal against God. So therefore, you don't want to walk in the flesh. You want to walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So as I said, for so long, most uh, people misconstrue holiness with outward and not inward as to who you are. Because when you understand who you are in Christ, as John says in 1 John 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we should be, but we know that when we see him, we should be as he is. And every man that have this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. The Articles of Faith of the United Pentecostal Church was never uh, intended to say you can't do something. As Brother Tenney used to always say, they were like guardrails to keep you in the middle of the road. Amen. So you don't venture off too far to the left and to the right. 
But once you become a born-again believer yourself and you begin to study the Word of God, you now as the priest has to realize the value of your duties to stay pure and to stay right because God has chosen you. If you be like Aaron's sons and offer up strange fire, God might zap you. Amen? You know, so you have to realize who you are in Christ Jesus. And this is why holiness is a beautiful thing. Because you're recognizing who you are. Think about all the people in the world. Now, God has set you apart for His use. See? You are His now. He called you out of darkness to the marvelous light. The same way He separated the Levites to be over the house of God, to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God, to be able to determine what was clean and unclean and what was holy and not holy. We have that same responsibility now. But if we do not study the Word of God for ourselves then it will be easy for us to listen to all the winds of doctrine that comes down the pipeline and we find ourselves be drawn hither and yonder and we're not going to do what God is telling us because we're going to be so confused. And James says in James 1 and 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. But we, we understand what God is and who God is. And what we is in God, amen, who we are in God, we want to be what he wants us to be. Be holy for I'm holy. Amen. Holy is beautiful. Holiness is a choice. And as Phillips, Craigs, and Dean said, since the choice is mine, this is how I choose to be. You decide for you and I decide for me. Amen. There's nobody holding a gun to my head. This is how I want to live. The world and Satan wants you to think that you are being tra trapped. You are being forced to do something. Nobody is forcing you to do this. This is a choice you have to make for yourself. Amen. If the priest didn't want to be a priest, they didn't have to be a priest. You know? It, 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 was, it was not, you know, God just chose them to do that. The same way he chooses you and I. It's up to us now to choose to be holy. It's up to us to choose to be right. I have to make that choice. I can't, you can't make it for me and I can't make it for you. Your relationship to God. But you need to understand something. The same way that God chose Aaron to be the high priest, he had someone over him. He still listened to what Moses was saying. You still have spiritual authority you know, over you. Amen. You have to have somebody that's going to look out for your welfare to keep you on, on track. You know, if, if Moses hadn't interceded for Aaron and Miriam, God would have zapped them big time. Amen. So we have to remember these things. Amen. All right. Let's move on here. Amen. John 17, 15 through 17. Amen. Now, we see here that Jesus in John 17, he's, he's praying in the garden. And notice what Jesus prays here. He says, I pray not that thou should take them, what? Out of the world. But that thou should keep them from evil. John 17, 15 through 17. I pray that thou should take them out, not take them out of the world but that thou should keep them from 
evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Amen. So how are we sanctified? By the word of God, right? You know, Psalms 119 verse 9 say, Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed, therefore, according to thy word. Amen. Jesus says in John 15, 3, you're cleansed by the word that I've spoken unto you. So when we become doers of God's word, we begin to become sanctified according to the word of God. This is why Paul told the church at Corinth, amen, in the sixth chapter, he said, don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor... Uh, Drunkards shall inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, such were some of you. But what happened? You were washed. You were sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but what? I won't be brought under the power of any of those things. In other words, I'm not going to let the things of the world that is lawful pull me away from God. Amen. Scar me and take me away from what God is asking me to do. That's why the choice is mine. See? And so, therefore, we have to realize we're sanctified by the Word of God. And he says, I'm not telling you to take them out of the world. I want you to take them out of the world. I just want you to keep them from evil. Jesus said, when you pray, pray, lead us not into us. Temptation. Amen. Temptations are going to come. They're going to be there. Amen. And so we have to have the intestinal fortitude and we have to have the abilities in the Word of God to prevent us from walking into this wrong hornet's nest. Because we have to maintain now our purity. Look at Romans 6, verse 1 through 5. Romans 6. Verse 1 through 5. The whole, in your study time, let me encourage you sometimes to just sit down and, and just take your time to read the, the book of Romans, you know, uh, especially like when you start with chapter 6 and 7 and 8, you know, uh, going through that. Romans 6. What shall we then say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No way. God forbid. No, you're not. But so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ was baptized into his okay we're buried in his death okay now what <laughs> so like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we should walk in newness of life for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection amen knowing this that our old man is what crucify with him that the body of sin might be destroyed. See? So I don't have any reason not to be holy. Because I don't have any sin in my life, right? See? You get, you get a clean start, right? So now there is, it's up to me. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. It's up to me to to, to, to stay on track. It's up to me now to 
to maintain what God has now given me, that holiness and the newness of life, to be set apart for His use. Because no man knows the minute of the hour when the Son of Man shall return. Amen. And so therefore we know sin can't enter there. And so therefore we are to walk in newness of life continually. Amen. When you look at Galatians 5, and Paul begins to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and at the end he talks about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, generous faith, meekness, temperance, against us, and And then he says, the day that are Christ is what? Crucified the flesh with his infections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let's also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Right? Galatians 6. Amen. So you've got to capture this thing because you are to be a living sacrifice and you've got to be holy for the Master's use. Okay? And so as we begin to look at this thing, it becomes a choice now for us. Amen. Let's look at Numbers chapter 16. Number 16 real quick. But we know as we have talked a little bit about 2 Corinthians here, 6, and, and 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and do what? Perfect holiness and the fear of God. Because Hebrews, uh, uh, Hebrews 12, 14 says, Without holiness, follow peace with all men, and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. See, so you can skirt holiness if you want to, you know, but the writer tells us plainly, if you don't have holiness, you're not going to see the Lord because He's a holy God. So He's given us everything that we need to separate. You see, so when we study God's Word, this is why James says, don't just be a hearer of the Word. you got to do it. And you'll be blessed because it's beautiful. It's a great choice you're making. You're saying, man, I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. You know, I'm going to do what is right. That's all holiness is, is doing what is right. You know, doing what God is asking. Notice number 16 here, talking to the priest. We know this, this uh, number 16, verse 8. You know, here we find Korah and his, his guys, now they are angry, you know, with Moses. They're angry with Aaron. You know, and, 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 you know, that only happened back then. That don't happen today. So, you know, people don't get mad. That don't, that don't happen. Nobody gets mad at their pastor. Nobody, you know, backstabbed their pastor. They just don't do that stuff. All right? Amen. Now, notice what Moses said to Korah and, and his, his guys. He said, and Moses said to Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, seem it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren, the son of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also? He says, listen. Don't take what God has called you to do lightly. You know, because see, they was trying to say, well, who chose you? You know, we we can do the same thing. You know, 
you know, and, and stuff. And so they start a murmuring and bickering complaint against Moses and Aaron. And, and Moses said, look, you're taking this thing too lightly. You think this is easy cakewalk. You know, God has separated you, the, the tribe of Levi, here. So just don't take this lightly. You need to be serious about this thing. You just don't realize what you're doing. You know, he tried to plead with them, but they wouldn't listen. You know, and so and as a result, we know when you finish reading it, what happens? God opens up the ground and swallowed them up, right? They had an opportunity to serve with joy. But they choose to serve out of rebellion. You know, I do it my way. You're not going to tell me how to do it. No. So we have to realize these things. Amen. Because he has set us apart for himself. Amen. Holiness is not about what you cannot do. It's about what you can do. It's not about, as I said last week, what you're separating yourself from, but what you're separating yourself unto. We're separating ourselves from the world, but we're setting ourselves unto God. Amen. We're serving God here. And this is what holiness is all about. Amen. It's not what you can't do, but what you should be able to do. And when you read the Word of God, you see all the things you can do. You should be like the little train constantly saying, I think I can, I think I can. Amen. Going forward. Amen. Hallelujah. God never told Israel what they could not do. He says, thou shalt not. See, if I tell you, Brother Wayne, you can't do that, then it becomes a no. If I say, thou shalt not, now the court's on your, the ball's in your court. See, you got to make the choice now. Do you rebel what I'm telling you to do, or you listen to what I'm telling you to do? See, God always gives us choices. See, and so, and as a result of this, you know, God don't want us to be some puppet on a string. See, he's giving you a clear mind to think logically and to make wise the choices. Get wisdom, Solomon said. And all thy get and get and understand it. If you study to show thyself approved unto God, if you practice doing what the Word of God tells you to do, you're not going to have anybody beating you over the head. <laughs> you know? You, you, serving God should be joyful. Believe me, everybody is not going to be joyful, but you can. You know, why is Caleb and Joshua listed, you know, God when it's time? He says, well, everybody else is going to die in the wilderness, but Caleb and Joshua, you know, there's something about these guys that have a different spirit. Right? And that's what he wants us to realize. He's giving you his spirit. So if everybody else started complaining and murmuring, you should already throw up a stop sign and say, oh, they ain't of God's spirit. You know? You should realize immediately I need to separate myself away from that spirit before I get zapped in the ground. Because when God got ready to take Korah and his henchmen out, what did God tell Moses to tell the other people? Separate yourself from them. Amen. 
And so therefore we need to learn these things. If somebody is pulling you down, if somebody is constantly murmuring and bickering and, and talking negative, you need to separate yourself from that. You know, and so that you don't get swallowed under because you're always going to be guilty by association. You know, and so therefore we got to realize that we're not puppets on a string. Amen. Every decision we make, there are consequences and these decisions that, that goes on, amen, in our lives. Amen. So the priest was to be sanctified and they were to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. And they was in the representation of God to be offered up these sacrifices. Amen. Holiness begins with you. And your completeness. Amen. Paul says to Colossians, Colossians 2, 8, 9, uh, 10. He says that we are complete in him. Which is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. He goes on and told Timothy. He says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, and instructions and righteousness see the word of God is to teach us to do what is right because why the righteousness is the white linen or the garments of the saints of God in heaven Romans I mean uh, Psalms 15 says what who shall dwell in thy holy place right who shall dwell in thy holy hill look at Psalms 15 Psalms 15 Lord who shall abide in thy tabernacle? And who shall dwell in thy holy hills? He that walk. What's walking up rightly? Right. Right? Walk right. How do we walk right? Obedience according to the word of God. You know, you got to walk according to the word of God. That's what living and walking is, is just doing what the Word of God says. That's all it is. It's not hard. God has made it too easy, really. You stop and think about it. He didn't make it hard. You know, we want to make it hard. He, he made it easy so we could live right and be a light in darkness. So who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall live in thy holy place? He didn't walk uprightly. Work what? righteousness. See, Aaron's garment was the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, and part of the armor we are to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because it covers the heart. Because there's a man thinking in his heart. So is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, not speak. Not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what comes Oh, so you want right things going in you. Remember, you're, you're, God wants you to be holy. You know, He wants your words. Life and death is where? In our tongue. See? So if we're going to offer up spiritual sacrifices for God, then we got to be right. That's why Aaron's sons were killed. They wasn't right. They wasn't doing right. Eli fell over backwards, you know, 
broke his neck because he wasn't doing right. His, his sons was doing wrong. They was zapped. You know, we, this thing is we got to take it serious. It's beautiful. Believe me. It's, it's joy unspeakable, you know, to be set apart for the master's use. You know, you can have fun being a Christian. I don't know where people get that you can't have fun being a Christian. You know, amen. I, you know, I have fun, you know. I'm not saying you've got to go out there and do everything the world do to have fun. You know, you can get together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith and have a good time, you know. Doing what God asks you should bring you joy into your life. You should be excited, you know, to, to, to have a Sunday school class and watching the kids grow and quote memory verses and doing stuff. This should bring excitement to you. Greeting the people when they walk through the doors with a big holy smile and shaking their hands and says, welcome. You know, we're glad you came. We're glad you popped in here today. All these things, you know, should be things that makes you just bubble over. You know, I took out the trash. Wow, I, I vacuumed the church. I cleaned the bathrooms. Wow. Some of the first jobs I had when I got saved was volunteering to, to, to clean the church. Man, I just felt so good. Felt an honor to be able to clean the church. You know? But did you know that was the duty of the priest, too, to keep the church clean? <laughs> you know? And so you're not above, you know, you're just a servant. If you get in a servant's attitude and a servant heart, you know what? You'll live holy. It's when people don't want to be a servant. When people don't want to do anything is when they get the big head and think, you know, they can't live holy. The devil ain't going to never let you live holy if you don't want to serve. Because that's what the priest was chose to do was to serve, to keep the house of God, to, to break the tent down. How would you like to have been the ones that required to carry that ark on your shoulder? <laughs> you know, how would you like to have been the one that had to pick up that altar? You know, or, or roll up them baggage skins and, and get them ready to go and, and carry it just right. See, one of the reasons when David went to get the ark, and, and you asked, what's his name, Uzi? Yeah, Uzi. Is, is God serious about how you take care of the ark in the house of God? You know, they was never supposed to put that ark on a cart. It was supposed to be carried on the shoulder. You know, this is the same concept with us. You know, we're supposed to carry this thing in our lives. We are the temple of God. Amen. We are the ones now responsible everywhere we go. When we stop, we pitch our tent. We get ready. You know, because I never know who's going to come through my doors to visit. So I've got to be ready to share the Word of God. And my life has to reflect what I'm teaching. Because if not, I'm going to be classified as a hypocrite. See? i got to be right. Because I'm set apart for the Master. This is what is killing the church. You know, people are no longer seeing the holiness. They're no longer seeing people that say they're Christians 
doing what they know is right. The devil already knows what we're supposed to be and do. See? And so people, you know, they're, they're looking and they're not finding. We've got to be set apart for the master's use. Amen. And this is what God desires us. We've got to become complete in Him. Amen. My completeness is not in the world. I want to be complete in Him. I want to add to my faith virtue. I want to add to my virtue knowledge. I want to add to my knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness charity. Amen. As, as I listen to Brother Chavis teaching at midwinter, you know, if you haven't heard that tape yet back there, you need to get it because he was talking about how it flows, you know. Once I have faith, then I need to add virtue. i got to get some righteousness and morality and right doing in my life. And then from there, i got to start studying the Word of God. If you try to jump way over here and do this and miss this, it ain't going to happen. God's got an order. He's got a pattern. Amen. So you got to follow this thing so that we're right. And notice what John, John, I mean, Paul Peter says. He says, if you do these things, what? You're never going to fall. You're never going to fall. Because you're building this foundation which is sure and unmovable. Amen. So holiness begins with our separation unto God. As he who has called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The Greek word for conversation is anastropha which means behavior, your behavior, your conduct, how you act, your performance, amen, especially towards others, your bearing, your manners, you know, your civility. All these things begin to be a part. You know, George Washington wrote a book on civility, uh, and I got a small copy. It's called 101 Things that he talks about you shouldn't do. You got a copy? Yeah, man, it's good stuff, man. You know, so we, we need some civility in our lives. Let me encourage you. Go out online. Uh, maybe Walmart sells or Barnes & Noble. And get your copy of it and just look at it. Just this little simple stuff. But if you read this, I guarantee you, you're going to get the same stuff. You know, that's where he got it from. Amen. Right out of the Word of God. And so our behavior, how we conduct ourselves. Be holy for I am holy in all manner of conversation and all manner of your behavior, how you conduct yourself. You know, don't go to somebody's house and put your feet up on their coffee table. You know, don't go to somebody's house and leave their toilet seat up. <laughs> all these things. You got to learn this stuff. You know, don't go to somebody's house and start chowing down if they ain't said the grace. You know, Always recognize the host and everything else, you know. How did that become a part of holiness? <laughs> because it's just good manners and righteousness in your behavior. Amen. Look what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. He says, let no man despise what? You're you. But be an example of the believer and word and word start with let your word be your bond you say you're going to do something do it you know you know get your word 
You know, you're an example. You know, thy word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against you. Become men and women of your word. Faithful is he that's called you. Moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be a liar. And that's what Scripture says? Huh? What is it required? What is, he, what is required of him? According to 1 Corinthians 4.2. He must be found faithful. If he's called you as faithful, you've got to be faithful. The priest couldn't swap off on his duty and not go to the, do the sacrifice. He had to be faithful. Uh, you're chosen to be faithful to God. And your word. Do what you say you're going to do. You'll be happy. You know? And notice what he said next. In your conversation. You know, your behavior. David says, you know, I will behave myself in a perfect manner. In this temple. In my house, he said. Inside of my house, I will conduct myself. You know, in a perfect manner. See? This is your house. You got to conduct it right. Even where you live, that's your house. You got to conduct it right. See? You got to keep it right. I think if Jesus lives here and you go through the door over at 1520 where I live, he lived there too when I walked through the door. I don't change because I walked through the door. Jesus is still here. <laughs> See? So if I'm conducting holiness in this house, when I walk in that house, I'm conducting holiness in that house. I got to have cleanliness. I've got to be right in there as well. I was setting no wicked thing before my eyes. I got to, I got to monitor what I'm doing. I don't watch pornography on my video or whatever, my internet or whatever, on my television or whatever. I'm holy unto the Lord. See? That's your call. It's not my call. That's your house. This is your house. You have to do those things because God has chose you the same way he chose me and what he required me is going to require of you because they have given you my spirit. Too much is given, much is required. And I don't think there's anything better than the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so he's going to require a whole lot. I want to live right. I want to be right. I want to do what is right. He's chosen me to be a living sacrifice for him. So I got to watch my behavior, my conduct. Amen. And what's the next? In love. You know, you got to love, like I said, if I love God, I love people, I love myself. We talked about this last month, didn't we? About love. How much I love me. I love me. Not in a proper way. I just love me. You know? I'm doing pretty good. I love me. <laughs> and I hope you love you. You're supposed to love you. Amen. So you got to realize this. 
Charity. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Charity suffered long as kind, is not boastful, is not puffed up. All these things. You know, love drives the train. You know, you should have such a strong love for God, knowing where you were. Like I said Sunday, man, when I think about where I was and what God done for me, man, I, I can't help but love him. Man, I, I do. That's some of the first things that come out of my mouth in the morning. God, I love you. Thank you so much. You did not have to do this for me. Yes, I mean, I used to go and counsel in prison. I used to say all the time, boy, this could have been me. If it had not been for Jesus. This would be me. Thank God for deliverance. Yeah, so I, so he can, that song said, you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use me to use me up, you know, just to know what he has done. So our behavior, amen, amen. Let no man despise you in our spirit, in our attitude, in our faith, in our purity. Purity, right? Purity. We got to be an example in purity and cleanliness. You know? Keep yourself clean. You know, it's up to us to purify yourself. You know? Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. The Lord says in Isaiah 1, 16, Come now, let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they be as white as snow. Though they be as wool, they be shall crimson. Be as crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm sorry, I got that back. Amen. But, 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 but notice, we've got to stay pure. Because we're set apart for the mass of Jews. The priest just can go out there and touch dead bodies and all that stuff, you know, because he would defile. Those are types and shadows of once God chews you, you just can't be running back out in the discotheque doing the bump and the electric slide and all this stuff. You're touching dead bodies. <laughs> you know, y'all don't, you're too young. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> I keep forgetting you guys are too young for this. Yeah, that's back in the days. You know, see, <laughs> see, you got, <laughs> I just lost it. But you got to remember these things, see, because you don't want, your job now is to pull them out of the fire. Hating even their garments spotted by the you want to reach back to bring them out. You want to be that an example from a distance so that they come to you and say, what must I do to be saved? And then you have be ready with the word in you to give an account or give an answer to every man that has the hope that is in you. See? To leave them, leave them. As Jesus says in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He's sent me to heal the broken heart. Preach deliverance to the captive, recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and the priest the acceptable year of the Lord. See? That's our job now. That's our duty now. You know, 
If Jesus says, and you've done all these things that are asked of you, say, we're unprofitable servants. We just did our duty. All I did, just did what was required of me. He bids you go a mile, take two. He asks you for your coat, give me your shirt. You've got to do these things. Amen. So this is important. So we wanted to be an example. Amen. So you can see that holiness is more about our behavior, our conduct, our performance, and character than what we wear. See? Because when you look at your character and you look at your conduct and your actions, I promise you, you will address your wardrobe every time. You will. The Holy Ghost will begin to prick you. The Holy Ghost will begin to talk to you about things not to wear and do. And he does it for every individual. You know, he, he does. God does. Because he knows what is going to cause you problems. He knows what is going to... He, he knows at what point to tell me to do away with something. He knows at what point to tell you to do away with something and your life. But he's setting us apart, you know, for his use. And the more we study his word, the more we apply his word, and the more we become a doer of his word, amen. What happened? It cleansed our flesh. It cleansed the filthiness of our flesh to where we start seeing things the way God sees it. You know, we, we are pricked by the Spirit when we start doing wrong things. And as we begin to do wrong things, then we adjust. And as I adjust from the wrong to the right, my behavior is adjusted from the wrong to the right. My attitude adjusts. My conduct, my performance, amen. Everything that I do now begins to represent Christ, amen as he's the one that I want to please. And as living sacrifice, I gotta be living and I gotta be holy. Amen. I gotta be set apart for the master's use. Amen. So I have to ask myself, is my behavior well pleasing to God? You know, these are questions you have to ask yourself. I'm just put them out here. Is my behavior well-pleasing to God? Is the things I'm doing, is it pleasing God right now? If not, then I need to adjust. Have I been disobedient to God? Have I looked at God's Word and then still chose to, to not do what He told me to do? Have I done things my own way? Have I been rebellious towards the spiritual authority that God has placed over me at this time? Have I not been obedient to the Word of God? See? So we have, to, we have to ask ourselves these things, you know, and as we pray and as we seek God for directions in our lives. And, you know, we, we have to be like Paul when he was knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus. His first question was, Who art thou, Lord? And then his second question was, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And if we get these two questions corrected in our lives, amen, then we too will be set apart fit for the Master's use. Amen? Amen. So we want to continue to, to follow holiness. Let me encourage you, you know, Brother Bernard's book, you know, on searching holiness, practice for holiness, or books that's been around for a 
long, ever since I've been in Pentecost, you know, uh, a great book to read. Go back, you know, uh, some of the books from the basic stuff, you know, back in the days, the new birth. And every now and then you might need to dust the dust off those old books that you read when you were first saved and stuff, you know, uh, practical holiness, you know, in search of holiness. Keeping the main thing, the main thing, you know, but Brother Tenney is a good book. Prayer life, you know all these all these things. You know, Verna Bean's uh, books on prayer. You know, um, Sister Lori Wagner's book, The Girl in the Dress. You know, all of these are just good stuff to help us be right. You know, and God be for us, who can be against us, and according to the pattern. You know, and building blocks for manhood and uh, reflection of the man in the mirror. Developing the man in the mirror and all this stuff, you know, huh? Reflection of the man in the mirror, you know. Say again. You really like the author, is he? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Thank you, Sister Sue. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff out there, Amen. And uh, you know, also, also now uh, through headquarters own website, since most of you have computers and iPads and all this good stuff, uh, headquarters have uh, what they call Minister Central. Uh, you know, lessons and teachings by different uh, ministers. You can you can sign up. Uh, some of it is free. Some of it is pretty cheap. Uh, and you can sign up for it and listen to good teaching and Brother Bernard, Brother uh, Jerry Jones, Brother Mooney, Brother Tenney, uh, Brother Foster. A lot of our great men, senior men of, of God, uh, you know, is, is did lessons on teaching on certain subjects and topics. And so, you, you, you know, don't be afraid that you're sitting around and you ain't got nothing to do. They just log in and listen to a couple of lessons, you know, and grow spiritually. Same thing about the DVDs back here on the table that we bring back from conferences and things of that nature. We bring those things back for you guys to take home and to listen to. And, you know, now they're doing a lot of live streaming on the Internet as well. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that can help you grow. You know, and that's what it's all about is, is developing us personally and spiritually as well. Because our goals here, right, is to be a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for all. And we're going to keep growing, growing, growing until Jesus come and get us out of here. So want to live holy, want to live right, want to be alive all the time. Amen. For the Master's use. Amen. Father, again, we love you. Thank you so much, God, for your grace and blessings upon us tonight, Lord, as we study your word. Let it be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our pathway. God, let your spirit dwell upon us and guide us in all things, God. I pray for Brother and Sister Bishop, Lord God, as they prepare to go back to Louisiana this week. We're asking you to keep your hand upon them with safety. Keep all the wild animals in the, in the woods, O oh God, and the drunks off the road. If they're driving, Lord God, if they're flying, Lord, let them have safety and 
their trip, Lord God. Protect them, their home and everything, Lord God, through the storms and things that are happening in the south now. Oh, God, be upon them, Lord, and keep them, Lord. Be with these members as well, God. Hear, Lord, protect us all. Your love, your kindness, your mercy. In every home, in every family, in every child, God, do something miraculous, Lord, in each one of their lives for them, Lord. And I will give you glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving for all you do, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Greet one another, and you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Amen.